Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I got a story to tell, every word of it true, except for the parts I made up for you. Just some history that has been reworded into a mystery called The Way I Heard It. Let's think about what we just heard there, Chuck. I've got a story to tell, every word of it true, Uh huh. except for the part I made up for you. Mm. Just some history that's been reworded into a mystery called... The way I heard it. Right. You know what? I mean, forgive me as I throw my shoulder out of joint, patting myself on the back, but it pleases me <laughs> to be able to say exactly what I mean to say with a little musicality injected into it. I know it's four-part barbershop harmony. It probably annoys a bunch of you, but, but that's what these little stories are, man. They are rooted in truth, as I've said many times on this podcast, I have no wish to deceive or confuse mm-hmm. or misinform anyone. Rooted in truth, but basically true-ish. Well, look, I wasn't in the room. Right. Right? I wasn't there when many of these events happened. Mm-hmm. But I can stitch things together in a way that I think is reasonable. And I simply wanted a title combined with a song that worked ever so gently as a disclaimer and a promise of something delightful to come, which I hope you'll agree the story you're about to hear is. It's called Enough. And it's a rumination, Chuck, on that moment that we all experience, sometimes in the course of our mundane day-to-day lives and sometimes in the face of extraordinary, apocryphal, life-changing events. But Hmm. who among us has not gotten to that place in their respective day where they just said, you know, I've had enough. I've had it up to here. I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The hero in the story you're about to hear is a hero of mine. He had enough, and his friends had had enough. And what they did when they had it right up to here, well, that's worth sharing which I'm going to do right after. Speaking of stitching things together, can I just brag about American Giant for a moment in a way that will keep you so engaged that you won't fast forward this? Because this is kind of important, man. Our friends at American Giant are walking the walk. And you've heard me go on and on. Chuck, you've heard me for years go on and on about the importance of making things in America. But man, is it hard. How come so many companies can't do it? What do you think? Well, it's expensive, you know, it's expensive to do things in America, but somehow or another, American Giant has found a way to do it. Everything from soup to nuts and soup being cotton and nuts being a a hoodie, you know, (laughs) they do it all here in America. (laughs) He's my good friend, but metaphors are not his strength. Let me just tell you, they've been around 13 years. My friend Bayard Winthrop runs the company. He's committed to making quality clothing in these United States. He grows his own cotton down in the Carolinas. He controls the supply chain. And what comes out the other end is the best hoodie 
you'll ever want to wear. I've had one for 13 years, but they make pants and they, they've got shirts. I'm looking at a shirt right now. I got a bunch of letters after last week's podcast. Uh, I was wearing a red shirt that said American Made on it. Yeah. And I may have mentioned it was actually a ladies extra large. It's a long story. I'm not going to get into how I wound up with a ladies extra large. Oh, I love this story. I think you should tell it. <laughs> I kind of like the way it fit, actually. But look, <laughs> this is the tag on the bottom of this great shirt. It's a red shirt with white letters stitched on like, a, like varsity letters. You know, it's a super yeah. cool shirt. But this just caught my eye. American-made. When you buy American-made, you create jobs for sewers, cutters, factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. It's more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose, and stitch people together. I love it. I love the company. I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of features and benefits and how all their zippers are super reinforced and how the elastic is better than any you're going to get from China, blah, blah, blah. They're great clothes. I'm just going to leave you with the idea that if you want to reward the behavior you'd like to encourage, then you need to encourage the people who are doing the thing that you want to see more of. Buy something at American Giant and save 20% at American-Giant.com slash Mike. American-Giant.com slash Mike. American Giant, American made. American Giant, American made. Chuck, I feel as though you wish to add one thing before I say this is the way I heard it. Go ahead. Yes, I would like to mention that it, you need to use promo code Mike to get 20% off your order. Promo code Mike gets you 20% off your order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. While that's true, yes, it's the slash Mike that'll get you there. And that'll remind you, like, let's not get bogged down in the weeds. That's one of the keys <laughs> to running a successful company for 13 years. Make it simple, make it accessible, make it great. American-Giant.com slash Mike. Promo code Mike to save 20%. Having said all that, this is the way I heard it. A U.S. merchant ship was missing. 21 crewmen were being held hostage. And now, the Libyan consulate had been attacked by Muslim terrorists. The president was a patient man, but his patience was running out. There was a sharp knock on the door. The president looked up from his desk as two men entered the Oval Office. Mr. President, said the secretary, you need to see this right away. The secretary of state placed the intelligence report on the president's desk. The commander-in-chief read the first sentence and said, Is this confirmed? Are we sure? It is, said the secretary of state. We found them. They're dug in, but vulnerable. We'll need O'Bannon and his team, and we'll need to move fast. The Attorney General objected strenuously. Mr. President, what the Secretary is proposing is completely unconstitutional. The President looked at his Attorney General with a mix of curiosity and exasperation. What would you have me do, he said. Keep negotiating? Ask them nicely to please stop kidnapping and killing our people? But, sir, said the AG, the terrorists are now on foreign soil. You have no congressional approval. This would be an act of war. 
Now it was the Secretary of State who objected, no less strenuously. We're already at war, at war with an enemy who doesn't have the decency to declare it. And then to the president, he added, Sir, you are absolutely within your rights. The terrorists have made their bed. It's time they were made to lie in it. No, said the attorney general. No, he's a president, not a dictator. It's the Congress who must decide. Have you not read the Constitution? I have read it, said the Secretary of State, several times, in fact. As his Attorney General and his Secretary of State continued to bicker, the President considered the portrait of George Washington hanging on the wall across the room. Congress had offered him a crown, once upon a time, the chance to be a king after his final term as President, and Washington had refused. How then would the father of our country fight state-sponsored terrorism today? How would he engage with Islamic extremists who had no code, followed no rules, and attacked our people overseas? Gentlemen, enough. James, are you absolutely certain of their location? The Secretary of State nodded. Yes, sir. They're dug in on the coast. It's a fortress, like I said, well-defended, but vulnerable. O'Bannon's been briefed. His team is ready. Just sign the order, and we'll put them down once and for all. But, sir, said the AG, what about the Congress? Levi, the president said. You're a good man, and a fine attorney general, but you're dismissed. But, sir, you can let yourself out, the president said. The attorney general huffed, and left the Oval Office, slamming the door so hard it caused the portrait of Washington to shudder on the wall. The President glanced again at the face of George Washington and saw what he always saw, staring back at him. Resolve. Turning back to his Secretary of State, he asked one more question. James, how confident is O'Bannon? Supremely confident, sir. And how large is his team? Eight men, sir. All Navy. So few, said the President. All hand-picked, said the Secretary. All trained for land and sea operations. They are the best of the best. The President considered the situation one more time. A U.S. merchant ship was missing. Twenty-one crewmen were held hostage, and the Libyan consulate had been brazenly attacked. Enough. Do it, James. Send in O'Bannon. Do it fast. Do it right. And keep it quiet. And with that, the President of the United States launched one of the most famous, top-secret operations in naval history. It was a controversial decision, but when the dust settled, the President's actions were deemed constitutional, just as his Secretary of State had predicted. And his Secretary of State would know. He had not only read the Constitution several times, he had written it. Not too long after his president had written the Declaration of Independence. Few people today remember Levi Lincoln, the Attorney General who opposed the mission. But you might recall President Thomas Jefferson and his Secretary of State, James Madison the first elected officials who decided 
to stop negotiating with terrorists and start fighting back, which is precisely what they did, with a little help from an intrepid lieutenant named Presley O'Bannon and the small team of elite fighters under his command. Eight hand-picked warriors who prevailed in their first engagement on foreign soil, leading an assault force across a sprawling African desert to the shores of Tripoli, where they breached the walls of a mighty fortress and killed a gang of state-sponsored terrorists called the Barbary Pirates. So began America's endless war on terror, with a covert action made possible by a small group of highly trained men who took an oath to fight for right and freedom and to keep their honor clean. The same group that still at it today. The few. The proud. The Marines. Anyway, that's the way I heard it. When you leave a review, which we hope that you'll do, tell us who you are, tell us who you are, and before you go, whoa, whoa, won't you leave?